Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Lots of sport on, still going yesterday. Oh, mate, and uh, I was waiting for that little tick last night to come through, and it came through. Mate, you got some news for us today. I'll let you, I'll let you break it to our listeners <laughs> later on. But we're, we're hopefully going to have a good day tomorrow. Ah, oh, hopefully, hopefully. Big field, big field. Not getting overly confident, but excited. Excited, my f- yeah. F- race. Of course, mate. Pungwell's racing tomorrow at uh, Rose Hill, race number two. Uh, first little hit out up against some solid horses. And got Huey Bowman on, on, on board and Barrow one. So, yeah. Exciting day, Kempe. Exciting day. So we won't see you, mate. You're flying out tonight, private jet. <laughs> Mate's picking you up. No, no, no. That's issue we what running the big race. No, 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 no. We're just going <laughs> to just keep it calm. Maybe one day we'll, we'll go over there and have a wee watch. But no, we're just going to... Well, the wife and the family are going home today. They're heading back to Crosshues. And she was like, are you coming? I was like, oh... Nah, nah, my horse is racing. I'm going to stay up and watch it with the lads. <laughs> so I'm not home until Thursday. So I'm here tomorrow morning, boys, and Thursday morning. So I've got three days straight in Crazy. the studio with the lads. Yeah. Just to watch a horse race. How good is that? Good old Daisy, yeah. eh? Good old Daisy. It is priorities for you. But no, not, not, not the only reason as well, lads. I'm actually doing a, a campaign. Uh, it's obviously a big week, Mental Health Awareness Week. That's right. And of head of... Um, well, opened up on the cameras, and it was released last night, actually, on TVNZ. It's called Behind the Jersey. And, um, yeah, there's a few of us athletes that have come out and done a wee mental health, mental health awareness campaign. It's, it's pretty cool. So I'm actually doing a, a little thing on Seven Sharp tomorrow night. So I've, I've stayed up for that as well. Nice. But that was at 4 o'clock. So I said, oh, I've got to do it at 4 o'clock because my horse race at 5.30, so <laughs> I've got to pre-record it and, uh, and get it done. But, yeah. That's probably uh, the main reason I'm staying up. That's sure. a that's a that's a big reason, mate. And uh, you know, well, well done too for um, putting yourself out there in a such a big week in New Zealand. I was only talking mm. up at the uh, Tangi last week when I went up to my uncle's funeral. 
a little bit about um, mental health and and even on Saturday night at the um, the All Blacks function, you know, there's a heap of people talking about the black dog and and mm. you know um, putting it out there. And what I said was, we have to take that conversation and just make it normal. Yeah, you know, like have it have it around the around the table, have it around your tea table with your mates when you're having a beer or wherever, and just make it normal. There's no stigma about it. Put it out there and just. Hey man, that's part of part of life. Because I, I said one thing to a friend of mine. I said, look, I just don't think that like my dad and and probably his dad actually knew that it existed. They didn't know what it was, mm. you know. Whereas um, you look at kids these days, um, not only just you know my own kids, but kid, what about what about their kids and and their kids after them that they're really emotional and vulnerable. So I think it just you've got everyone's got to make it normal. And I take I took my hat to you. Um, both with going out there and doing that and, and putting yourself out there. That's it, Kempi, just normalising it and just understanding that everyone has struggles and everyone feels that and and can has been a part of that black dog that you speak about. And, um, yeah, look, it's it's something that I've been holding on to for a long time, mm. you know, just because you're a public figure, you don't really want to <clears throat> show, you know, uh, you, you know the initial reactions to it, and you don't want to show weakness, and I don't know. So, so it's always been something that I've always been ashamed of, mm. and um, and that's it, eh? Yeah, and that's that's, that's the that's the like that's bullshit. Yeah, you know, to be honest, mm. you shouldn't have to be made to feel that way. You shouldn't yeah. have to worry about the stigma that's attached to it, mm. and the conversation is real. And the more we can actually not feel. Um, like people are the the old adage like t- just toughen up. Mm. Like that was my era. That's old you school. Know, now. Just just hard just harden harden up. You know what I mean? Like no, that's <laughs> that's not how this works. Mm. And for people to actually sit down and understand where you've been to and what you go through, um, a lot of people will actually feel that though. Should I've actually I think I might might have been there too myself. Mm. You know, especially people of my era. Yeah. Like a lot of this stuff too. Like if you there's and there's plenty of movies that come out around the head knocks and the concussion. Mm. Like a lot of the sports people, um, unfortunately, a lot of it comes out of the heavy collision. Yeah. And the and the and the the mental side of what's actually happening to your brain and the frustration that goes on it, on with it. And you read a lot between the lines of people. Man, I, th- I think I, I read one just recently about a famous All Black, and he was just getting really frustrated about how short his temper was, mm. and he didn't know what was happening. And and then his doctor said, "Well, you know, you've you've been concussed so so many times that now you've got this issue. So, mate, if you don't really understand it, then don't say hard enough." Mm. Yeah. You know, because that's just that. Like I said, that's just big. That's BS. Hundred percent can be, and that's why. Yeah, it was about time I come out and shared shared our story. And there's a, a couple of athletes as well that that have shared their own stories. And, and I think the whole reason is is we're athletes, and we're we've been put on a pedestal. And I guess when you put that chosen uniform on, everyone thinks you're invincible. You know, yeah. You don't you don't feel you don't hurt you don't struggle. But the reality is that behind that jersey. We're just normal human beings that feel pain and, 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 and ain't that the truth of it? Ain't that the truth and, of it? Um, so just trying to break down that barrier. And I think if we share our own little struggles and our vulnerabilities, it can just normalise it, like you said, and, and will help someone out there in the public. So yeah, starting up, it's actually called Voices of Hope, and um, a couple of chicks, Jen and, and Jazz, the, the, the founders of this, this Voices of Hope, and um, 
yeah, it's it's been awesome to be able to share and, and go on this journey with them, and they've been awesome. They've been constantly in contact with me, and the best thing about it is when you share this, you know, she's like, oh, you're going to get messages, you're going to get people coming after you. I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet as, but they're constantly asking you, we're here to support you, we're here for you, yeah. and offering tools and services, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is bloody good, bloody awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's me for the next couple of days, lads. Uh, Mental Health Awareness Week, and we actually spoke to Amelia Kerr, uh, earlier on this morning, and she's obviously playing over in the Caribbean, and uh, she's obviously been very open and vocal about her own little struggles, and she's got a great interview coming up, and we'll share that with you, and she talks about, well, going forward with the, the White Ferns, the changes that they've made, they've obviously won the Series 2-1 going into the T20s, but also about her little mental health journey. We're also going to talk to um, Mike Delaney, he's a coach of the Bay of Plenty. The Bay. The Bay. The Bay are plenty steamers, I must say. And I played a lot with, with Mike Delaney, so I can only imagine this conversation we're about to have. And yes, Marky Mark, I've just sent Mark a photo. I we, had saw a wee, that. we had a wee bet. Had to donate uh, some money to Child Cancer Foundation. I've just done that, Marky. Some man of my word. I also lost another $20 to another guy in Tauranga, so it was a bad weekend. Bad weekend for us Magpie supporters. But that's okay, the Battle of the Bays. Goes to the Bay in Tauranga. There you go. So a big show. Keep the messages coming through. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I'm looking at Louis Herman Watt, and um, well, he looks a little bit like me on Friday morning. Morning, Louis. <laughs> no, I'm not like you on Friday morning. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm here. I'm good. I was just looking through the field where your Papangos are racing on tomorrow, and you're right. It is a very competitive field. Very competitive field, and they always are going to be. If you're kicking your horse off at Rose Hill on a Wednesday, it's a that, that's where the good horses go. And going back through the market, just trying to see what the market movers are. Um, yeah, how's this? There's a, a gay waterhouse and Adrian Bot horse that opened at $18 and it's now nines. So there's a couple of plunge horses in that race. You've got Barrier One, you've got Hugh Bowman, you've got Gate Speed, so he's going to put himself in the race. I guess that this just. You just want him to see him hit, hit the line and, and show a little bit for next start. And if he goes close, then it's a, a massive bonus. But you just want to see him get round to one piece in his first start, eh? Yeah, well, look, it's just in the trials, they just, you know, they hold him in a stronghold. They don't really get, the, they never get the whip out. You never really see them really open up. So you don't know. You're still going in the unknown, you know, boys. So I wouldn't mind just seeing him sit just in behind and relax into his work and then just open up. Like his dad, so you think, and just get past the line. <laughs> That's right, and it takes a little, it takes a little while for it to get through, yeah. and you know, start to grow into its body and all that sort of stuff. It's a bit like an athlete, really. The um, the horses. So mm. I'm pretty sure uh, Dollar Dollar won't be flogging it, um, getting out there. He just wants to make sure that it's going to go all right. Whose colours are those? So those are our colours. Yeah. We, we, look, I was, I was tasked with the the, the decision to make. Some some colours, some silks, and it was hard, man. I was like, "How do you make ten blokes happy?" <laughs> <laughs> so we were trying. We wanted to do all black, just all black. You can't go all black. So, um, well, Kurt's the majority owner, and he his favourite colour is green. So just chuck a green through the middle, and um, yeah, that's just just our silks, all black, black with a green with panel a on it, green little panel through the middle. Mm. Good colours. Simple Perfect. but effective. Yeah, yeah. simple, yeah. Mm. Those are the Māori colours too. Mm. Name Pungo. Yeah. Green and black. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. Look, it's exciting. First one, I don't know. I was, I was messaging Chris Moore last night, the, 
the tiger lion tamer. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, just saying, look, I don't know. Just getting excited but not overconfident. And I'm just, you know, just going to watch this horse jump out and see how it goes. Someone you've invested uh, a little bit of time and money into. So, Well, it's definitely not flying under the radar because I've had multiple people from – across the ditch message me and say is this thing gonna win are we plunging at first start i'm like mate i don't know probably not it's a first start well, like, i'll back that so i'll probably stop it eh yeah i mean no, don't get me wrong i had a little bit as well just because you know well you want to want to make sure that it's uh you're on if it does get up but yeah. that'll be exciting mate so that's tomorrow and yeah tell you what this week's gonna feel a lot different than last week lads just well a couple of things the old the old classic uh daylight savings is gonna peg you back an hour but as we're into fully into spring now, um, last week the sporting weekend was just huge. This weekend the sting comes out of it a little bit. The All Blacks, the Rugby Championship's done, so the All Blacks get a bit of about a month off. The uh, All Whites, we won't see them for another five years minimum. We <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just kind of the the NRL Grand Final, Kempi. I guess is the one that takes oh. precedence this week. Well, it's a big, big day Ooh. at uh, Randwick on the Saturday, always is. That's uh, that's where everyone heads to on Saturday. It's a big group one day, and then uh, you go to the grand final on Sunday night. It's, mate, well, it's play- and it's played out for Penrith perfectly because everyone said it's Penrith to lose, and you thought they'd had it lost at 12-0 just before half-time, and they come back and, and, and get that 12, 12 points back straight away and then go on and win it quite easily. Um, but para the Battle of the West, I was saying to I was saying to Ricardo yesterday morning, like the NRL must be just rubbing their hands together because mm. they have not had a final series play out the way I can't remember. I can't remember the way a final series is played into the hands of the NRL the way that it has this way with local derbies, you know, big matchups for you know the South the Sydney City sides, and yeah. then you get in the grand final, which which Matty John said on the show last week, where everyone wants the West and Sydney grand final. Of course they do, mate. The West, and if, um, I don't know if you guys heard the show, uh, the comment yesterday, but Penrith have already locked up the other three minor minor mm-hmm. titles. They're the first time ever. This would be the first time ever they get four. So SG Balls and Harold Matthews is under sixteen, under eighteens, and the and the reserve grade, and then they get, and wow. of course the first grade is the one that you'd think they'd pick up first. So if Parramatta got a smaller party, you know they they got plenty of reasons to. But it just goes to show you. I'll, I'll tip my hat to Full Gold. So he, when he went into when he went into that club, and they needed something, he built that high performance centre out west, and it's just changed the shape. Of that Penrith um, and that and that Western Sydney catchment area, and for them to have at this period, like again, like at this period of time, a Western Sydney Grand Final with all of these kids wanting to play out west, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And of course, that's where all our Polynesian boys are. They're all at Blacktown, you know. They're all they're all out there just holding their hands up, saying, "Well, here I am. I'm the next <laughs> superstar. And how do I get into that Penrith um, Elite Centre?" So, you know, we talk about the Warriors all the time. If we needed to look at a, a model, it's this weekend. That's, yeah. the, that's, that's, that's the goal, is to get what Penrith have got. And it's only taken them, what was it, 11 years? Mm. I think it's 11 years it's taken them, something like that. So, mate, mate, that is, the, unbelievable. This, is the st- this could be the, the most complete dynasty ever. Or, you know, this is probably be one of the greatest. 
you think about it, they've got all the grades. So they got that's that's building for years and years to come if they're winning from sixteen years of age through to, See, to the premiership. That's development. That's, that's development. And, yeah. and then that, that sixteen under sixteen is going to go on and play under eighteen, mm. and then another under sixteen is come through. Like it's just a continuous factory and sustainability. <sighs> See, and they talked about that with Seraldo and like I know um, Seraldo's heading to Canterbury next year, but he's Ivan's second grade coach. Well, the, most of these players in the Cowboys that got knocked out last week and the Penriside played in the last under-20 final. Yeah, that's right. So it's actually all come... This Penrith dynasty is actually playing out in front of you. Mm. And when they... I read an article last night about a guy, is this it for Penrith? He's going, they lose up Curacao, they lose Kikau. You know, they've got um, players heading out of the club. I'm like, mate, for every Kikau that they got, the one playing first grade, they got five of them below, below them ready to jump in, jump in after them, you know. So well, I can't see them being beat for a while. Yeah, it's scary when you put it like that, Kempe. And, and this week we're going to be angling towards that on Sunday uh, all week. Can't wait for that. Now let's talk some golf. And i tell you what, if I can replicate what Dan Hillier did in the weekend, even just on one hole, I'll be fizzing. The young Kiwi has taken a huge step to securing his spot on the TP World Tour, cutting a stunning final round of 64. 64? To win the Swiss Challenge event in France over the weekend. 10 birdies? 10 birdies in the round gave him the two-shot win, and now Daniel finds himself 13th on the standings to get his card for next year. How good? He's with us now. G'day, Dan. G'day, how's it going? Oh, mate, we are going good, but you must be buzzing. <laughs> Ten birdies? Come on, mate, that's oh, a bit man. greedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that one. To be honest, it was, yeah, it was. Um, I didn't think, honestly, didn't think it was actually doable on that golf course. It was playing pretty tough, but it was, yeah, one of those days where, you know, everything just clicked, and yeah, I just managed to keep rolling with it for for the majority of the round. When did you know you were just locked in? You are on. You knew every putt you were going to hit, every shot was just going to be in that hole. When, when did you know? Uh, pretty early on, to be fair. I, I mean, I hit, like, a shot that I don't usually hit very often is, like, a soft a soft driver, if that makes sense. Like, I needed to kind of take a little bit off it to avoid going too far. Um, and then I managed to pull that one off, which, you know, if I can pull that shot off, then... I'm pretty confident that I can, you know, pull off most of them. And so, yeah, that was on the second hole and, you know, had a had a real nice drive down there and ended up, you know, hitting the approach shot to about three feet and, yeah, just got on the heater from there. So that was, um, yeah, it was a pretty good way to start it. Good to, good to see, Dan. We, we about say, yeah, mate, uh, in the season, how important was this result for you? Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, it was really important, I guess, in a way it was um, – you know, I was in a pretty tricky spot just outside the top 20. Um, I think I was 26th. And, yeah, it was one of those points in the season, uh, you know, times of the season where I knew I needed to sort of have a good few results coming in. And, yeah, I guess uh, with that win, that's that's catapulted me well inside the top 20. And, um, yeah, it's almost almost solidified my, my place in, you know, for, for next year's DP World Tour card. So, I mean, yeah, for it to, to happen so late in the season is um, – you know, it's just almost a bit of a relief um, as much as anything. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely fizzing at the same time. 
Mate, how competitive is this qualifying tour? Just getting the funding to have played as much golf as you have been, has it has it has it has its challenges? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, I was talking talking to Foxy. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to play in a main tour event in Scotland, and he was there. And you know, we had a had a bit of a chat and sort of talking about you know life on the Challenge Tour and you know how you you know my first year last year you know it's all pretty exciting and new and mm. you know I'm pretty, I'm fizzing to go um, pretty much every week and then you know you get to year two and um, it sort of gets a little bit monotonous I guess and it's sort of saying that you know the second year blues are a thing um, <laughs> and so I guess I sort of I sort of found that through the middle of the year and um, I guess I was just sort of going through the motions a little bit and you know sort of had the mentality that you know there's always next week there wasn't wasn't a whole lot of urgency there um so i think you know that was a bit of a mistake on my part you know because you can't can't really be taking each week for granted um and you know now now that we're at the business end of the season you know i think there's you know obviously a little bit more fire in the belly and mm. almost got got my second wind there last week to, you know because after missing out on my main tour card you know by um yeah you could probably take it back to a few parts throughout the season um that would have made the difference um you know missing out by that much just made me want it even more this year i guess and yeah yeah i just had to make sure that i keep my head down for for the back end of the season yeah those those second year blues they they in every sport mate blokes struggle with that so good to see you bounce back from that dan what what is it in your game though that you've um realized it'll, it'll keep you in good stead as you make that step up uh, I think of late, I've actually been struggling with my ball striking, which is usually the strength of my game. And so I guess that sort of contributed to, you know, the mindset of, you know, I was just going through a bit of a rough patch and just sort of had to wait it out kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the last couple of weeks, I played played pretty solid in Portugal over the first couple of rounds um, last week. And, and so, you know, I got the ball striking back to where I wanted it. And, you know, I, I knew if I had that and, you know, my short game's been pretty solid of late. If I could just um, piece it all together and then, yeah, could have a, could have a week like I did last um, in France last week. How much easier would life be once you, you gain your DP World Tour card? Does it just change your life drastically? Like, is it just a totally different lifestyle as a golfer? Yeah, it certainly is in, in a lot of ways, but, I mean... I wish I could say it would solve all my uh, mm. all my problems, but it, it probably won't, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's such a a great tour to be on, and you know, with the with the new sort of alliance with the PGA Tour as well, you know, it's it's just opening up more and more doors for for us, and you know, being out there is um, yeah, it's just a great opportunity and and could be life changing, you know. Mm. So I'm just really excited that I have the opportunity to do that. What about this? What about this stuff going on with all the um, live golf, mate? Have you been watching it? And uh, what, has anyone knocked on your door and said, "You know, come along and join us"? <laughs> no, I'm still still waiting for the call. <laughs> no, but um, no, I haven't haven't really uh, dove too much into that. To be fair, I mean, it was you know there, there was a lot of talk about it. Obviously, when it first came to fruition and. Um, I think I was eligible to apply for the first event, but sort of didn't really know what was going to be happening with all these sanctions and, and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, decided against it. And But, yeah, it is an interesting one seeing, you know, all these top players go out and, you know, obviously everyone sort of has their price and, 
you know, it's um, it's pretty life changing for a lot of people. You know, having the opportunity to play play some um, tournaments on the live tour. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what's going to happen over the next couple of years, but I mean, the way you know everyone's sort of moving, you know, all the top guys that have been on the PGA Tour, they're all playing live golf now, and you know, it's hard to see it going away anytime soon. So, yeah, it'll be be interesting to see how it unfolds well forget live golf mate there's a wee tour down under called the charles tour and well i don't know if you know big news coming out of it but a guy named izzy dag is making his pro debut down at uh pegasus <laughs> at the pegasus open there at in christchurch new zealand golf thought it'd be quite funny to watch a hacker out there amongst the pros mate so you <laughs> got, you got any advice <laughs> oh Mate, you've been in higher pressure situations than I'll ever be, so you've you've got it sorted. Yeah, you'll, but you'll be fine. I, I, I know how to Just pass the rugby ball. It. I know how to pass the rugby ball. I know how to kick the rugby ball. But <laughs> I don't know where this golf ball is going sometimes, and probably nine times out of ten. So uh, I'm a little bit nervous, mate. No, mate. I think um, you know it's it's hard when you don't play a lot of competitive golf. You know, to to uh, go out there and you know, play as well as you want. But I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a seriously fun fun occasion for you and I hope, I hope you get paired up with a couple of the big dogs as well. So oh. Just so they can really put you through your paces. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm a little bit worried about because apparently I've got bad etiquette. I've got bad etiquette. So <laughs> the rules around golf, I'm not too switched on about them, let's be completely honest, but I'll, I'll have a laugh with them. These are guys actually playing for their careers and I'm out there yeah. just having a little bit of a haggle really, but um, I'm looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> Dan, quickly before we let you go, what, what yeah, do you got next, awesome. mate? What do you got coming up? Uh, so I'm in, I'm in France again this week and uh, yeah, so back on the horse straight away for another tournament. Um, got yeah three in a row before a couple of weeks off and then the big dance at the end of it, the uh, the grand final, so yeah, it's uh, it's all pretty exciting. So beautiful. See how we go, mate. And uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but as as your partner, she's caddying for you sometimes. She was. She came over this year for about five weeks, and she did. She jumped on the bag for four of those five weeks, and then had a little little holiday to herself, which was pretty cool. How'd that but, go? Um, how's yeah, that, how's I've, that dynamic work? It was great. <laughs> uh, it was great. I mean, she she um, sort of lets me do my thing, and. You know, makes sure that uh, you know she's keeping me chill, keeping me fed and hydrated and all that, all that good stuff. So, yeah, no, she's she was really good. But she, um, she doesn't. I do. Putts, I do have she? a full time caddy now. Which <laughs> <laughs> I, I was contemplating getting her in to read a couple, um, but yeah, I think we we might have to work on that a little bit more before we start doing that. Oh, perfect, mate. Hey, uh, congratulations, Daniel. Uh, appreciate it, you coming on the show, and, and well done on your success of, as of late. Second car, second year blues is definitely a thing, and you you found a way to overcome them. So go forward and, and gain that card, mate. I know that was heartbreak at the end of last season. So uh, keep, keep tracking, mate, and you'll get the job done. Oh, cheers, Eddie. Appreciate that, mate. Awesome. Dan Hilliard chasing the DP World Tour card. And last year, you remember, he was yeah, it was brutal, agonisingly close to get that card. And for someone after that, when you get so close, you could just drop all your drop your lip and and just really be really deflated. You put your whole season through to fall so short. But now he's found that uh, energised again, the confidence and the grit, determination to hopefully go and get that card. It's a tough life as a golfer, man. A couple if of it, results important, eh? Yeah. Pretty
pretty lonely out there, especially on the that Challenger series mm. where he's on, and mm. and if it's not going your way, all of a sudden can get pretty siloed and lonely, eh? And um, he's always been a prodigious talent, though. Like he's been earmarked for for a decade now. Like he he's also bull striking. I've seen him, I've seen him in a range, and just the noise and the swing is a thing of beauty. So he'll be he'll be good once he once he. Makes yeah. the DP World Tour, which he will. He'll be on it for a long time because he's also got a, ma- a great head on his shoulders, eh? Yeah, yeah. He's a very nice guy. I met him a couple of years ago down at the NZ Open, and uh, yeah, just a really cool guy. He had a lot of time, and yeah, you're right. He's been earmarked for a while in his own golf, and that he's you know been one of the guys that could go on and and forge a, a solid career out of it. Now he's made that difficult choice. The choice is, hey, where do you got to go? You got to go live around the world and. Sacrifice a lot of family time. He's gone and done that, and hopefully he can reap those rewards and get the job done and and get on that car. But yeah, he's one for the future for sure. And and how good is it? New Zealand golf is flying at the moment. Lydia Ko obviously coming fifth over the weekend. You got Amelia Garvey um, forging her own young career in yeah. in the golfing world. Um, you got obviously Ryan Fox, Danny Lee still there or thereabouts. Steve Hulk had a good weekend again. Marco Thompson, the young Hawks Bay lad, just won the Mount Monganui Open on the Charles Tour. You know, the weekend, he's got a big future. If you talk to New Zealand golfers, he is a guy that they all think uh, could, could be the next big thing. So New Zealand golf is flying. Well, Chris says, Izzy, my son plays as an amateur on the Charles Tour. Hopefully you appeared with him. By the way, the amateurs actually finished in the first three spots at last week in the first one. Mm. So no pressure, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> look, tell them something to say good day. Oh, look, I'm nervous because I want to do it justice, you know. And, and look, I'll be completely honest. You gotta dedicate your life to this game, and no, I don't Wait. go range at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I play a wee bit, but I don't range. You gotta practice. You gotta hit putting greens. You gotta go get the, you know, what are those little little ropes out and and your little putting little devices that they have on the putting greens. I don't do that, mate. You film yourself at the range. Got no. your got your little binoculars. Range rangefinder, yeah, yeah, rangey. I don't know. If, see, that's the thing. Are we allowed to use rangefinder in Ch- Charles Tour? Because pull it out, you'll find pro out. events. You're not allowed. You got to go walk the sprinkler heads, and then you get. See, this is the thing. I Do don't... you have a caddy? I'm Daisy, gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hound one of the pros down there to, to come caddy for me. But that's the thing. You get uh, you get a green layout, and it tells you the the pin location five on and 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 like a map. Yeah, it's like a map of it. And I don't know. I've never read one of those, and I don't know. <laughs> Google Maps. I don't know. I'm going to talk. How far is it? Do you reckon oh, I can get a little, you know, like a John Daly when he needs a cart? Do you reckon I can get a little? I reckon medical exemption. Exemption, for your knees. you know, for a little range finder. Oh, for your range finder, right? <laughs> yeah, bad eyesight. <laughs> you have a range finder. Oh. Uh, I want to see Daisy on your bag. La 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 la. la. I can, no, she's no, she's not even staying and crushing. She's going back to Gizzy for the week. I'm home alone. So is that this weekend? No, next it's next not not this week, not the following week. Oh, I was going to say because otherwise you might October it. Pung if Pungo wins, <laughs> you imagine turning up to the to the tea box like John Daly. Well, I'm here Thursday morning, <laughs> so if Pungo wins, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, we will. Nineteen minutes past seven. Dan Hillier, what a good guy and uh, fantastic. Ten birdies. Oh. Yeah, that one through your dome. That is incredible. What a round. What a round. 20 past 7, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Uh, great to hear from you on double eight double three. Live Golf is a super league to the ARL back in the ni- in 97. Yeah, of course. That's exactly right. So, you know, the, the, the people that are 
uh, laughing all the way to the bank of the players because they've got people chasing them left, right and centre. So, yeah, mate, we only have to look at our mate Cam. How happy is he at the moment? Hey, Pinner is actually in uh, New Zealand. I think he's here. He's been down in Carpety. had a few beers, a few bits over the Let's weekend. Let's get Pinner's so... in, mate. We'll ask him about it. Yeah. How's your 10%? He's... <laughs> <laughs> How many horses? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Ah, yes. I think we can put to bed who the best second 5'8 New Zealand is at the moment. Everyone has been asking for a robust, solid, no-nonsense second 5'8 who can punch holes in opposing defensive lines and offer up some defensive decisions when we don't have the ball on hand. And I thought Geordie Barrett was a revelation on Saturday night. In saying it all year, he didn't just bend the line on Saturday. He went that far over it that Richie Mwonga had time to put on his slippers and stoke the fire before letting loose against the, his Australian counterparts. And one has to ask, what next for Geordie Barrett? And of course, does it mean Will Jordan gets the same opportunity to shine at fullback as my mate Geordie Barrett did in second 5-8? For me, selections are pivotal going into the World Cup if the All Blacks have a chance of winning it. We saw what one change that Fozzie himself admitted he didn't see makes so much difference to this All Black side. Can another, like Will Jordan to fullback, shift the attack to a place where the All Blacks can do the unthinkable and win the World Cup. Geordie Barrett, second 5'8", will Jordan fullback. All Blacks win the World Cup. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Kemp, I totally agree with your appraisal on Geordie Barrett. I totally agree. As you'd be curious to know what you thought because I, he looked so big in there and he gave a dynamic we haven't seen in years and he's just... He's got that perfect blend of that pass, that play make, that kick, but he's also huge. What a weapon. Very good. <clears throat> Sorry. Very good. Very, very good. He put smiles on many faces around the country because people have been calling for it for a very long time. And I congratulated Kempe yesterday when, I, when he rang me up after 9.30 with Rick, Rick Dog, and just said, look, mate, you've been asking for this for a while. And it, and it eventuated, and man, did he deliver. Did he deliver in all facets of play. Like, he is so physical. He has no fear. What I loved about it is when nothing's on. Nothing's on. You don't just shovel. Nothing's on. He goes to uh, Richie Mwonga. He says, mate, just run a one-two cut. Simple as that. A scissors. We old-timers out there. Something like that. Just back against the grain. Gets over the advantage line. They go again. Runs hard. Defensively tackles all day. Blood on his head. Loved it. It was mission accomplished for the White Ferns as far as their ODI series went against the West Indies in the Caribbean despite dropping the last match. It was a series win in the foreign conditions and with a five with five T20s still to come, it's valuable time away from home for the side as they look to build into the home of summer. Mili Kerr was awarded Player of the Series titles after three solid contributions with the Willow. She's with us now. Morning, Mili. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Good, thank you. How's life in the Caribbean? Is it really tough going over there? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> tough going. I mean, it's a bit hot. We're by the beach, you know. Um, 
there's a lot to complain about. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been tough going. <laughs> but, no, we're absolutely, we're absolutely loving it. Um, yeah, these conditions, the, the weather, the beach, and, um, yeah, the team team's all getting on well. So, no, it's been good fun so far. Nice, Millie. Hey, what's it like playing there, Millie, your first time? So what was sort of your observations and the major difference you noticed? Conditions. Uh, we've obviously come over here with a new look team as well. And, um, yeah, the pitches are just slower and we've played a lot of T20 cricket um, this year. So having three one days where you've just got to do everything longer um, in tough conditions was a great challenge. And, um, probably something we want to keep working on moving forward for the 50 over format. But yeah, it's um, nice to play in some conditions as well that suit my type of bowling. Well, you're training very hard, um, Millie. You've started your, you know, you've bursted onto the scene. Is your batting where you want it? Where's your game at at the moment? Um, yeah, I think it's tracking in the right direction. And um, I guess for me, it's going out there each game and, and believing. Um, believing in my ability and wanting to do the best I, I can do. And um, mm. I feel really solid with the bat and in a good place. So I would have loved more runs, but I'm sure we all do. So <laughs> I know with cricket, it can't happen all the time. But, um, but yeah, I guess the goal is to keep striving to be better and probably never, ever satisfied. But that's what kind of keeps you coming back and wanting to work harder. Mm. Hey, Mealy, look, what about your bowling? You just took the one wicket, um, but some key spin partnerships are at important important times. Were you uh, happy with the way things went? Yeah, I'm a believer on judging yourself on the way you've bowled rather than statistics. And I think for me, mm. we've had a new spin coach in the group and he's been incredible and he's made a huge impact already. And I think the way I've bowled has been, been some of the um, best areas I've ever bowled in my international career so I'm really happy with that and then to bowl in partnership with Fran Jonas who's done extremely well and then see Eden Carson come in um, and do a job and then even developing Susie Bates as an off spinner now so we've got a nice little group there um, Susie brings the average age up a little bit but <laughs> um, yeah I'm happy with my bowling obviously you want you want more wickets but um, in terms of the areas creating chances and the economy rate um, you'd you'd take that. Yeah, I love your interviewing skills. The way you interviewed Susie Bates coming straight off the bat with the goat call, I love it. Um, great little <laughs> chat there. Hey, quickly, just just on the group, you, you've had your your fair uh, share of of changes over the wee while, um, particularly straight after the Home World Cup. How, how's the group tracking at the moment, and and the new coaching group taking on? Uh, yeah, the, the new group's going extremely well. The young players are awesome. They've got a bit mm. about them and have just slotted in really well. And with this group, everyone genuinely gets along. So that makes things pretty easy. And, um, yeah, the coaches have been awesome, stealing a few of the Aussies from um, <laughs> winning environments as well. And they, they've coached a lot in women's cricket, so they just understand the game really well. And we're all learning a lot. So I think... Um, with the coaches we have and that everybody here wants to learn, we're gonna we're gonna improve a lot. You've always had the talent. You've always had the experience in the group. What what have been the key differences that they've brought to to this environment that, that have probably steered you in the right direction? Um, yeah, I think for me, it's like I've been around. I'm still young, but I've been around a while now in the international game, and it's um, just the more you play, the better you get, and the and it's probably because you understand your role a bit more and back yourself. So mm. I think 
with um, new players coming in, that's kind of the thing. Uh, as a leader and with support stuff, just making them feel as comfortable as can as they can and um, building their confidence up because they've all been picked for a reason and got skills um, skills that make them really good cricketers. So I think that's the key moving forward with the young younger players and also the more experienced. Hey, Mealy, the T20's up soon. What uh, What's the key to unlock that success for you guys? Yeah, it's um, nice to play five T20s over here, and we'll see what the condition, how the conditions go. But I think um, a few of us have come off the hundred, so we've played a lot of the shorter format stuff. But again, it's probably just, um, I think, having really good defence plans as as a bowling attack, and how how we want to take wickets on the power play, and then batting. It's again how we want to score on this wicket, which might be a bit harder than at home, and working out our best options that are low risk from there and um, again it's just having the belief and we know the West Indies are a quality T20 side so I'm sure it will be a very good series. Just just on that, the 100, you played obviously over there, do you enjoy the, the new format? Yeah, I, I love the format of the 100, I thought um, probably took me a game or two to get used to and um, but I absolutely loved it, um, the, sh- the short format, I think it's good for T20 cricket because mm makes you do everything a bit quicker and I think we can be more aggressive in T20 cricket so um, yeah I enjoyed the format got to play at Lords which was special and yeah it was um, a great opportunity as well to play with some of the Aussies who were in our team also. All right Mealy talk to me about this situation that unfolded over the weekend the man cad the man cad situation that uh, happened with India England what's your take on it are, are, you, are you for it are you against it like it's a it's a difficult situation that cricket's got to, got involved, but yeah, uh, uh, what's your what's your feel for it? Yeah, it is it is a tough situation because it is a rule and it is a genuine dismissal. So um, yeah, it's obviously in the rule book and it's and it's allowed to be done. Um, and then I guess if if you do do it, there's going to be um, <laughs> I guess a bit of conflict that comes with it, whether it's in the spirit of the game or or whatnot. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a rule, um, mm. but I guess you probably isn't way up what what comes with that is the consequence of um, the spirit of the game. But I think it's probably a good thing in a way that for us moving forward that um, don't back up too early. Oh, that's it. That's it. As a fellow bowler, it used to irritate me when you batters used to try and <laughs> steal a run. And hey, you couldn't. You know, it wasn't in the spirit of the game, but backyard cricket. <laughs> I used to buy. I used to get everyone out by doing that. Hey, stay in your crease, mate. Stay in your crease. Hey, um, just quickly before we let you go, Millie. Uh, just it's, it's, <laughs> backyard it's a, cricket, great option. <laughs> yeah, great option for sure. Hey, quickly before we let you go, um, it's a big week here in New Zealand. Um, Mental Health Awareness a Week, and we. I know you've had been open about your kind of um, struggles that you've. You know, had over your time, I've had my own, and they're going to come out this week. I've, I've opened up a wee bit this week, but um, particularly, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, how are you tracking at the moment? Yeah, I'm going pretty good. It's probably one of the best places I've been in in a while, and um, I think for me, I've learned a lot throughout kind of my journey um, with mental health, and mm. yeah, it's obviously Mental Health Awareness Week, so um, I obviously want to spread spread the message and and help people out there because it's not always easy. Um, everything that's going on in your head but yeah I'm in a good place and um it's definitely a real passion of mine mental health and I've actually been fortunate fortunate enough to have done a bit of work 
um, with Iron Hope before I went, went, went away. So there's a few things coming out, hopefully in the next month or so as well around that, which will be exciting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we commend you on, on sharing that. and We look forward to seeing the messages and, and the help you're going to provide for young people around New Zealand, not only young, anyone that is struggling in their own rights. But just quickly before we let you go, Kempi's a bit of a singer. I don't know. Have you got that guitar handy, have you? <laughs> I'm actually um I'm actually at the beach at the moment oh, away, of from course. The, away from the hotel. Catching some so rays. No guitar. No guitar. I have to uh, I'll have to send a recording through for you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'll make sure Kempi does that and he'll just send you a little recording back. Hey, hey thank you so much, Melly. Good, good luck in the T20s. <laughs> and I uh, look forward to getting you guys home and, and enjoying the summer ahead. Cheers. Thanks, heaps, guys. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.